Hey, this is Terry from Chicago. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in three, two, one. You're good. You got to do this more often. <laughs> Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go-to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees, strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 847 475 1590 on Facebook and Instagram at The Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are. She's lean and he's green. Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Right. Right. Okay. I got to finish uh, sending all these uh, thank yous. Folks are uh, sending me Facebook greetings. Greetings. You know, they don't do that on Twitter. That whole face, that whole birthday thing. That's not a thing on Twitter. More, and more on Twitter, they would send you an insult, and uh, somebody would say, "You stink." Hashtag birthday. Hashtag birthday. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so maybe that's a tradition we'll have to start. Uh, welcome to the Mike Novak Show with uh, Peggy Malecki on January twenty first, twenty eighteen. We have an Ellie sighting in the studio. Uh, Johnny Starks is spinning the dials. There he is. Is all dressed in, he's got his red socks cap on. Go south side, go socks. All right. Peggy's in pink. That's so unlike you. That was yesterday. That was supposed to be yesterday, I, wasn't it? I had a sort of pink sweatshirt on underneath the heavy coat. And uh, I got a bunch of stuff coming. It's just going to be pouring in on my Facebook page that I'm going to have to deal with because I, so I'm not going to be able to see anything that we get. Well, I'll go to the show page and then I can see. There you go. And the show is finally live on the show page. I finally got the Facebook gremlins going here. Oh, were you having issues with that? Uh, Because we are live again on Facebook. So uh, we hope you go there. And uh, in fact, uh, oh, I don't, I'm not supposed to dance with the microphone. (laughs) That's what uh, Sonar is always telling me. Don't dance with the microphone. But it's your birthday. You can dance today. Oh, you had to say that. Okay. Yeah, it is. Happy freaking birthday to me. Okay. How's that? Uh, And a ding. Wow. And uh, I will just go to the the show page and we will bring up uh, the video and hope that uh, some folks are watching. And that's what I said on my. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Off, off. I thought I had it off already, and then I accidentally Technical turned it. details. Turned it back on. No, see, I thought the see the, the the only safe thing to do with your computer is have the sound off at all times because you know you go to those pages and the ad pops up and starts mm-hmm. running. Yes, yes. I hate that. Oh my goodness! It's so to go to commercial pages these days and just get even information. 
um, like news sites. Mm-hmm. Sun Times and Trib are really some Sun of the worst. Yeah, and the Daily Herald and some of they're those. They're really awful because they, all the pop-ups just start coming at you, and uh, and then you got to click all that before you can even research anything. It's just ah, yeah. So. <laughs> Now that I got that out of the way, hey, how's everybody doing? Hey. Hey, it's a beautiful day in Chicago. It is. It's warm. And we'll have Rick DeMaio here at the end of the show to tell us about uh, weather and climate, how they're connected, and maybe not how they're connected. Uh, But uh, he'll talk about this. And, you know, and I ordered this for my birthday, by the way. I wanted it. Thank you. Although I'm... And it leads to our first uh, conversation today. I like cold weather. I I know people think I'm nuts, but... um, I like cold weather. I like uh, seeing the changes in the season. I like snow a lot. Snow is is magic. Snow is a miracle. And um, uh, I'm afraid that we're just not going to get much more of it in Chicago in the future. But those things, you know, except for when we have those big uh, cold polar vortex blasts. We will uh, be talking about snow and ice and your soil to start. Mary Tiedemann. Uh, is a soil scientist and uh, soil microbiology PhD student at Florida International University in Miami. But uh, more importantly, she's with the organization that's not listed here, uh, and it's the Soil Science, Science Society. Society of America. She is. Uh, I, I saw a couple of articles she wrote about what's going on in your soil under the, um, the snow. And I said, yeah, let's let's talk about that because, folks, we've talked about it on the show a little bit. And um, we will have her on this morning. And in studio, we have our guest who's sitting right there. Uh, he's uh, He will be on the camera. He's not at the moment. Uh, did we just pop up uh, Mary's photo? Is that what happened there? I think it did. Maybe That's not online. Oh, that's not online. That's in the okay. queue. Oh, that's in the queue. Okay. Uh, but Zhenwei uh, Zhu, did I pronounce that right? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> From uh, Loyola, the uh, the uh, Loyola Environmental Testing Laboratory, the LETL, uh, that's in Chicago at Loyola University, and that's a connection that we had through Ellie. Thank you, Ellie. Um, and we're going to be talking about their new testing lab. What that means to you as a gardener, we always say get a soil test. Nobody does. Here we go. And then in the second hour, Tony Abruscato from the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. Big changes this year. It'll be fun to have him on the show, so stick around. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. The Chicago Flower and Garden Show returns to Navy Pier this March with more energy than ever, thanks to a new five-day schedule. So pay attention. This year's theme is Flower Tales. Every garden has a story to tell, and as usual, there's fabulous display gardens built by the industry's top professionals, daily celebrity chef demonstrations, container potting parties, and ongoing STEM studio cut flower arranging classes. The Kids Activity Garden is back, along with the show's all-new Get Growing educational series. And did we mention presentations led by nationally renowned experts like Mike Novak and Peggy Malecki? Yes, we'll be there twice. Our presentation, What's Important and How to Find It, is on Friday, March 16th at 1.30. And on Sunday, March 18th, we're broadcasting live from the show. And this year's Chicago and Flower Garden Show is all happening in five days, from Wednesday, March 14th through Sunday, March 18th. So get your tickets now at chicagoflower.com, and we'll see you there. It might be winter, but you can still visit farmer's markets hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. 
Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody even out there? Now back to the Mike Novak Show, full of knowledge. Well, if, if I know so much, how come I ain't rich? <laughs> Some of the wealthiest people are the ones with the least amount of money, Mike. Oh, I, can I write that down? Yeah, that, that's yours. Right. You can use that. Here they are, Mike Novak and Peggy Malecki. And, of course, that is our, our buddy, Joey Baird, uh, from the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardener. They have their own show, which starts again in March up in uh, Milwaukee. And you should go to thewisconsinvegetablegardener.com. To, uh, it's time we got that. We're going to have to have them on the show really, really soon. In fact, a note here. we owe them uh, a phone conversation about this and that um, that uh, Holly uh, sent us, uh, and I haven't gotten back to them. Uh, I think it was before the holidays. So there you go. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, very pleased to be uh, on the phone with uh, not Susan Fisk. I'm looking here, but Mary Tiedemann. Susan Fisk is the one. Let me let me back up a little bit. I I was I got this information from Susan Fisk, who's the director of public and science communications for the Soil Science Society of America. And she sends me stuff. We've communicated in the past, and I've had uh, some folks from the SSSA on the show before. Um, And then I saw something just a couple of weeks ago about soil and snow and what's going on, what's the biology in your soil under the snow. And I'm just geeky enough to find that interesting. I don't know if anybody else finds it interesting. I think soil scientists do. I think Genway Zhu probably finds it interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah you, you do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. And he's sitting in the studio patiently. We'll get to him in a second. But we'll start with Mary Tiedemann, who wrote several articles about what happens in the soil in the winter. And, and um, uh, let me just welcome you, Mary. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thank you so much for having me, and happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, try to keep it on the QT if you can. I appreciate that. Sure. Oh, all right. That's all I'll say. But. Okay, good. Um, and um, uh, where you're with, um, you're a soil scientist, soil microbiology PhD student at Florida International University in Miami. Uh, you're also, and you're also a member of the Soil Science Society of America, right? Yes, yes, I am. Okay. Now, the fact that you're a student, uh, the question I have to ask you is, are you a real scientist yet, or are you on your way to becoming a real scientist? Well, I think it's uh, important not to discredit the hard work of graduate students. (laughs) Uh, We do a lot of work, and and we know, you know, we have to dig very, not to be punny, but we have to dig very deep into our studies 
So I'd like to think we can call ourselves scientists at this point. Uh, and, and it's a good thing for you that I did not have my rim shot ready there. I would have uh, I would have played that uh, uh, immediately. So if if I can track that down, it it will be Uh-oh. here and at, and at some point if uh, if I need it. Um, I wait. Okay, now now oh, that, boy, here now we that go. We, yes, now now I have to play it. Oh, and it's really low. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> All right, so that didn't work out very well either. Oh, welcome to the show, Mary. One, one more time. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, so, okay, good. Uh, and uh, uh, are you from northern climes at all, or are you used to uh, warm weather? Uh, well, it takes not too much effort to get used to warm weather, but <laughs> I'm originally from Iowa. I'm born and raised in Iowa, and I've been in Florida in this graduate program at Florida International University uh, for a little less than two years now. So, uh-huh. you know, once, once you get to the warm, warmer climates, it's easy to forget about the cold. Mm-hmm. But. That's why I, that's <laughs> Except why. you guys have had cold weather down there too. Yeah. But yeah. Well, it's all relative. Yeah. I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not about to, you know, brag about the temperatures. <laughs> <laughs> 45 degrees is better than, uh, when that- we were in, uh, in, the Midwest for the holidays, it got down to negative fifteen. Yeah. So. There, you, there you go. Yeah, yeah in, in Iowa, it was actually a little worse than Chicago. Here, it was a, uh, it was pretty intense here in the Midwest. But you know what? As I mentioned earlier, I like that stuff. I find it interesting. I find it fascinating, and I think you do too because you wrote these stories about that uh, and try to educate people and let them know that when the ground freezes or the snow falls. Um, there's still activity going on uh, beneath the uh, the uh, the snow, uh, beneath uh, the frozen part of it, and that and and I want you to explain a, a couple of those things because that's what you get into in those articles, which I posted at MikeNovak.net. By the way, you can you can go there and find those articles. Um, and uh, why don't you start by? talking about uh what happens to the soil in winter that's that was the first one um and and i guess a lot of people think that everything dies uh, including including all the biology in there but if it all dies then how does it come back in the spring i guess it would be my question um so why don't you uh explain uh what's going on and what does it mean when the ground freezes let's start there okay well uh in most areas of the world, the entire soil, soil profile will not freeze, just a, re, you know, a region which we call the frost layer. And so if anyone who is a homeowner or, um, you know, if you're a gardener, construction worker, the frost line is a very important uh, aspect of winter to you because if you lay pipes too shallow in the ground, they can break um, you know, if you're trying to build a gazebo in your backyard and you don't dig the poles deep enough, uh, the structure can can move and, and warp and things like that. And it's all relative to the frost layer. So uh, what this is is an area of water within the soil or a region of the soil profile that the water becomes completely frozen. And so in... The Midwest, that frost layer can be, um, you know, several feet deep. In southern 
climates like Georgia, you might only have five or six inches of frost layer, but it starts from the surface of the soil and it goes with depth. And it depends on a bunch of different factors, you know, one of the most important being how cold the air temperature gets outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, uh, what I've discussed in my articles also is that the amount of snow that falls and the time at which it falls also has a great influence on this frost layer. So uh, soil is a really great insulator, just like, um, you know, a, a goose down coat or a really downy blanket. Snow also is a great insulator of, of heat. And so if snow can fall early enough in the fall or late, late fall, early winter before the air temperature gets too cold, then it can actually treat, uh, trap heat in the soil that has been uh, building up throughout the warm months. Um, but let's say, so well, if, if that happens, then, oh, excuse me. I was just going uh, so to say, so what's the difference What's the difference then between that and adding a mulch layer? You try, you know, snow traps heat. What, what does a mulch layer do? It does the same thing. So if... Is one if more efficient than the other? Is one more efficient than the other? Um, not necessarily. Well, I, I, I don't exactly know. I haven't studied the, the heat trapping abilities of either um, in comparison with one another, but, uh, but I know that, that both work great. Mm-hmm. And if you're concerned about not getting enough snow early enough in the winter, then, then adding mulch to your soils or your garden beds or your perennial plants is a really good insurance plan. Right. So you've got, you've got so it's something you... that you can control. Yeah, obviously you can control. You can't control the snow, and uh, you know it's it's wonderful to have. And and we've talked about it. Uh, we talked about it last week on the show when we had Char- Charlie Nardozzi on the show. Nardozzi, Nardozzi. That's how you pronounce it. And um, uh, uh, but but you mentioned this uh, this this frost. What do you call it? Frost line. Frost. Frost layer. Frost layer. Sure. That's that's yeah. that's actually what freezes right i mean we call it frost but that's where the freeze happens right yep it's solid solid ice and soil so that's in that well nothing nothing wants to get caught in that so the the microorganisms the uh macroorganisms uh they're gonna dive a little deeper if they can right uh to exactly uh, to avoid the the frost layer what about the roots, though? They can't dive deeper. They're there. They're stuck. What happens to roots in the middle of a frost layer? Well, so certain plants haven't quite adapted to surviving over the winter, and so those annual plants mm-hmm. rely on seed dispersal to pass their genetics on from, from year to year. So some plants completely die and uh, just end up becoming organic matter in the soil. But other plants, actually, you know, perennial plants and trees and shrubs uh, do have the ability to extend their root systems down below the frost line. Uh, They might not, uh, it's not necessarily that all of this growth happens right before winter comes, but the whole purpose of growth throughout the, the warmer months is, to extend as, as deeply as possible uh, in hopes to survive the, the cold month. All right, but, but well let, 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 and let, let me stop you right there, too, because I just want to clar- clarify something, and that is 
like I said, you say the roots can go deeper. What about the roots mm-hmm. that are that are still caught in the frost layer? Do they? Well, so, they, they don't explode, right? They 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 <laughs> they survive. So how do they survive? Sure. Well, some of them will definitely die off. Um, others, a lot of different plant root systems have strategies to surviving or uh, resisting frost or freezing, and so the the strategies that different plants have one is to release as much water from their root systems as possible so they they kind of dehydrate themselves or dry themselves out in the winter time because anyone who's filled up uh an ice cube tray and put it into the the freezer um that water expands as it freezes and the same thing would happen inside of a root cell where if there was too much water in that root cell and it froze it could expand and and break or damage the cell, and so one you know insurance plan that roots have is to remove as much water as possible, so that if you know if temperatures do go below freezing, um, they might be able to survive with minimal cell damage. Um, another cool thing that they do is they'll actually, in combination with releasing water from their roots, they'll concentrate different salts and sugars. Mm-hmm. And these serve as a kind of a natural antifreeze because the concentration of different salts and sugars uh, will freeze at a lower temperature than fresh, pure water. All so right. just like the ocean take a, a much lower temperature to freeze than fresh water, that same process is occurring inside uh, plant roots. All right, so this is one way they protect themselves. There, there's water in the roots, but it's not going to freeze. It's going to take a much lower temperature uh, to freeze. And if you happen to have uh, a layer of mulch, a layer of snow on top of that, that also aids in keeping the soil temperatures a little bit warmer, right? Well, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Okay. And so that's avoiding what the, the heaving of the soil and pushing the plants out. Uh, exactly. It helps. Yes. Right, and and that's part of what uh, we want to we want to uh, keep the soil temperatures moderated. Another reason we want to keep the soil temperatures moderated is because when you have the freezing and thawing, as you said, uh, ice when ice freezes, it expands, and if there's water in your soil, it will expand, and as it expands, it needs to take up room. Well, it's going to take up the room that the roots are in, and it's going to push the roots out of the ground. All those nice perennials planted in the fall are now going to come popping out of the ground. Right, especially if you just put something exactly. in. Yeah, if you put something in real late, this is why it's really hard for them to survive a winter, especially a winter like we're having right now, a winter like we had last year. We had very little snow here. We had freezing and thawing. We're having freezing and thawing now this year. We've had a little snow, but not much to speak of in Chicago. Um, it's This is another one of those tough years, isn't it, Mary? Yeah. yeah. That, that's why uh, talking about the importance of snow and, and how we might be able to protect our plants uh, when there is no snow are, are really important conversations mm-hmm. to have. Yeah, and that's why we're doing that. Now, the other person who's uh, here uh, in studio is Jen Weizhou, who's a lab manager at the Loyola Environment T- Testing Laboratory. Uh, Jen Wei, we're going to get to you in a second. 
we're, we're going to have to break here, but some of what you what what you guys have done is you've started this new lab uh, at uh, Loyola, which I'm very excited about. See, this is me being geeky again because <laughs> I'm a master gardener, and master gardeners, we're always told, uh, we tell people, you need to get a soil test, yes. okay? And if you go to the uh, University of Illinois uh, website and you look at soil tests, there are labs in the area. Mm-hmm. Some are in Wisconsin, some are in Indiana, some are in central Illinois. I mean, but there's not there's not a lot of places that do this, really. It's kind of a short list. Yeah, in Chicago area, it's especially in the urban area, that there's a lot of uh, there's not a lot of uh, agricultural, I say, testing lab for yeah. garden mm-hmm. purpose. So that's why we have this lab set up, ready for the folks in urban environment. All right, you guys, hang on, uh, Genway and uh, Mary, hang on for a second. We'll be right with you. Uh, let me let the folks listening know that sometimes the best love is tough love, especially when it comes to plants. You guys know that. In each issue of Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, Jeff Rugg answers your gardening questions in the Q&A column, and sometimes he has to do it with tough love. For instance, in the January-February issue, he gets asked about enjoying paper whites, uh, then getting them to rebloom next year. People want to have paper whites, get them to rebloom. What he doesn't say in so many words is... It ain't going to happen. Tough love, baby. Speaking of tough, and I, in this case, I mean like a cheap steak, there's Uh-oh. my column on the inside back page of every issue. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com, or you can give them a call, 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Celebrate local, sustainable, humane, and fair food at the 2018 Good Food Expo. Connect with local farmers and producers, learn from renowned local chefs, shop the Good Food Marketplace, and eat delicious food in the Good Food Court. Entry is free with online registration. Don't miss the Good Food Masterclass on Fermented Foods with author Michael Harlan Turkel. Good Food happens Saturday, March 24th at the UIC Forum in Chicago. The Mike Novak Show will cover it live on Facebook. Visit goodfoodexpo.org. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please, support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net.
Archie. Come on, Archie Bell. Hi, everybody. Yeah. I'm Archie Bell with the Thrills. I knew that. Of Houston, Texas. We don't only sing, but we dance just as good as we want. In Houston, we just started a new dance called the Tighten Up. This is the music we tighten up with. Yeah. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with uh, Peggy Malecki. Uh, and uh, Archie Bell and the Drells will tighten up while we're uh, talking about the soil and snow. Uh, we've got a couple of people uh, in the conversation. Mary Tiedemann, who's on the phone uh, with the Soil Science Society of America. In the studio, Jen Weizhou, uh, who is the lab manager for the Loyola Environmental Testing Laboratory. Uh, when did you guys start doing that? Uh, basically, uh, this is the the lab is uh, one of the initiative of uh, uh, Institute of Environmental uh, Sustainability. Um, so, uh, led by Dr. Nancy Tuckman, she is our founding dean. Uh, mm-hmm. She is determined to uh, fulfill IES mission uh, to advance knowledge of uh, environmental problem and develop solutions through original research and community engagement. And particularly in the underprivileged, low-income Chicago land neighborhoods. So the idea is, you want to get uh, uh, folks. Uh, I noticed that it's really right. very inexpensive to do the lab test. But mm-hmm. when did you start? Yeah, in the spring of uh, 2017. So okay, so this is not even a year old, right? And you're yeah. doing this, and with the support from Loyola in Chicago and uh, one of the private investor, uh, Mr. Michael D. Sherrill. She's uh, uh, he is the Sura family, one of the Sura family. Okay, so yeah. you got a grant to do this, of private investing uh, right. uh, to to do this, uh, which, I, again, I think is really, really cool because now if you want to get your soil tested in Chicago and in the area, it's very easy to, to – I mean, you can send it – you send it off to in the mail anyway to any of these labs, but I just like the idea of having a local lab right. doing this at – now you're the guy they send it to, right? Right. So uh, basically, our lab we're doing uh, soil fertility, like for the uh, local gardeners, and then do uh, soil contaminants. To be specific, like uh, you're concerned with the lead and the heavy metal, uh, arsenic, cadmium, so on. And we do plant tissue uh, diagnostic. You know, if you have plant, you want to dial in how much the nutrients been taking up from the soil. We can help, and then we also do water analysis, like. From drinking water to uh, all kinds of uh, stone water. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, oh, really? You, I didn't realize you yeah. did water analysis. Yeah, too. we That's, do. Yeah. yeah. So you did compost analysis. Yeah, too. we do. We do compost. Uh, we have, uh, there's, in the city, there are the people that are doing their own self uh, compost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can help to diagnose the nutrients content so they can uh, apply the compost in their own yard, you know. Have yeah. you have you had uh, many te- have you done many tests since uh, you started? What would you say, April? Did you say uh, yeah. in the beginning of two thousand seventeen? Yeah. So uh, we've we've done a lot of uh, analysis for all the local uh, small business. Can I mention some name? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can name names. Go yeah, ahead. you know, uh, there's uh, people from uh, there's one of the uh, small business called Nature Little Recycler. They're doing. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I know Nature's yeah. Little Recycler. Right. Yeah. yeah. Give, give give those. That's, that's Ed, right? Uh, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask and then, me. Yeah, they're green grease. They they have their uh, kitchen waste. They want to yep. compost the kitchen waste too. Mm-hmm. So we have them too. And then uh, one of the another very innovative uh, uh, organization is they, they they call uh, they call uh, Chicago Biofuel. Basically, they mm-hmm. uh, they grow a uh, plant and then they want to 
uh, harvest the contaminants, but also they want to uh, remove the nutrients from soil, and then they will use the uh, seeds to produce oil. So that's called the Chicago biofuel. So. Yeah, and I think it's important that we, we reiterate what uh, Genway said about how you can get your nutrients tested, you can get a, a nutrient test, but you, they also test for toxins in yes. your soil like lead, like arsenic, uh, what other? What might else might you find in Chicago? Uh, like yeah, people are concerning with uh, pesticides, herbicide. You know, it, so you can determine yeah herbicide and yeah. pesticide levels. Yeah. yeah. See, now that I think would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I would. I I have a feeling I'm going to have to mm-hmm. take a soil sample from my yard and bring it over to you. And yeah, and you get... will come. Yeah, we can help you do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll... I was reading through everything. Oh, yeah. Prepping for the show, going, yeah, I definitely bring, need to bring the soil over, see what's going on. Yeah, we'll we'll walk in the door and we'll just yeah. hand it to you because Genway is the guy. So he's the man there. That, we got the connection. We got the right. connection right here. So. so we have our brand new facility at Loyola in Chicago. So we we would normally uh, greet uh, other people. You know, if they are interested in bringing that sample to mm-hmm. our lab, we give them a tour. So you know a little bit our uh, facility and also you got a free tour you know we have other uh, product going on you know we have amazing uh things going yeah. on yeah so it, you've got a test for soil health yeah how is that different from your other tests your other soil tests uh soil health is for garden purpose only focus on nutrients you know the other soil tests uh you mean uh people they have concern like uh, uh the construction company mm-hmm. they, they're doing different type of uh, soil uh, tests you know they do they want to do the soil com- compaction and then the soil uh, uh, property for building purpose, but we only focus on the gardening purpose. So. All right, so there are going to be people listening right now, and they're going to, they're going to say, well, I should get a soil test right now uh, before the season starts so that I know what's going on. Can they do that? Is it too early to get a soil uh, test? Yeah, it is too early. Yeah, the, the, the ground is still free, uh, frozen, so uh, it's hard to dig the soil. And then, uh, well, what if they could dig? I mean, uh, but are the what changes in the winter that makes it difficult to do a soil test? Uh, in the winter, because uh, you got all the snow and uh, all the rainfall coming down, so they start to uh, uh, wash that wash wash out uh, all the nutrients in the soil. So if you do it too early. You you probably ends up have a, a lower uh, you don't you're gonna lose a lot of the nutrients uh, before the season started. So if you do it too early, so you don't uh, get a good reading good mm-hmm. result and how much the nutrient you should supply to the the growing season. So it's gonna be a, a mm-hmm. false data. A false reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when 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 do you tell people is a good time to start? Yeah, before the season started, like uh, you start to uh, you want to plant to uh, pull, uh, plant seeds and uh, transplant the uh, indoor uh, um, plant into outdoor. That's the moment you know you want, you need to give at least uh, a couple weeks. So to plant you're, you're, you're talking about at the very earliest, late March, early April, something yeah. like that. Yes. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's the other thing. You don't want to take in compacted soil. You know, you want to have good crumbly, good uh, uh, tilth to your soil. Right. You want to be careful about that. Uh, and, uh, Mary, I, I assume you agree with all of that in terms of doing soil tests. Yes, yes. Um, one of the things uh, that we, we talked about uh, during the break uh, was uh, Peggy had a really good question about uh, heaving in the soil so the ground 
uh, gets uh, warm and then it gets it freezes and then your plant gets bumped up a little bit. It's being heaved out of the soil. How do you treat that? What's the triage for a plant that's been heaved out of the soil? Well, at any time throughout the winter, if you're concerned about your plants moving, um, especially like you were saying, if you didn't didn't get very much snowfall or it didn't stick around very long, and then you have temperatures that fluctuate from above freezing to below and are frequently moving back and forth between that, you know, above freezing point, below freezing point, then it's fair game to go check on your plants. And if you see that the, the root mass has been pushed up due to these, uh, these heaving activities, uh, the best thing to do if you have any available is to add extra soil to the top uh, of, of the root mass, mm-hmm. you know, so in, instead of trying to push the plant back down, mm-hmm. it's best to gently fill the top or cover <laughs> the surface uh, on the base of the stem yeah. with extra soil. Yeah, just fill, a, um, fill around where the soil is. Yeah, because like, as you say, if you're pushing the plant back, you're causing even more damage. It's already been exactly the roots have been disturbed already. Now you're disturbing them more by trying to shove it back into the ground. So, as you say, just put some right. soil, soil around the plant and, and then mulch it. And then mulch it, right? Yep, yep. Then mulch it, and uh, you know it. It's not a, a foolproof thing. Um, <laughs> well, in the sense of you know, based on the based on the weather for the rest of the the winter, you know, it it might get cold enough and harsh enough that it still might cause a little damage to your plants, but it's, it's far more protection than they had beforehand. So, you know, one of the things, uh, so uh, yeah, I, yeah, that you, in the articles you write, uh, some of the, and, and I don't know that, uh, Genway's seen this before, but you talk about what happens when you get soils that are really, really cold, but there's no water in them. Now that's not happening in the Midwest. There's always water here. But you're talking about Antarctica, uh, and one of the stories sure. you know, one of the stories you link to talks about uh, the biology. And believe me, there is biology in in Antarctica. And one of the reasons they study it is because when we go looking at other planets in harsh conditions, we want to know whether it's possible for that biology to survive. And uh, one of the ways we're going to find out is by studying Antarctica. And what you what you say is. Uh, uh, that uh, you can have soil with very little water in it, and it's like sand, except it's it might be thirty degrees below zero. Um, that's that's mm-hmm. really weird. Uh, I got to tell you, Mary. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, to clarify, these soils do have water in them, but what makes them different, or even have uh, properties similar to deserts, is that the the water is all frozen. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. Um, to clarify, they're just like deserts, even though technically there is water in the soil. It's just the majority of that water is so tightly frozen and frozen for nearly all times of the year. And so one would imagine that most organisms can't access any of that water. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is uh, what we, the, the nerds, the scientists, <laughs> uh, talk about hygroscopic water, which is this very... Uh, this minuscule layer of water that's adhered or uh, chemically attracted to soil particles. And 
uh, that water is held so tightly that even at very low temperatures, uh, the bond energy keeps that water in a liquid state. Mm-hmm. And so microorganisms have found this microscopic layer of water, and they've managed to find out how to live in it. That's uh, amazing stuff. And if you want more information, uh, go to my website, MikeNovak.net. i got the art- articles up there. If you want to go to the Soil Science Society of America, that's soils.org. Mary, I'm going to let you go now. We're going to keep Shenway here just for a second. But thank you so much. Uh, pleasure talking to you, and I hope we do it again soon. Great. Thank you so much. Have a great afternoon. When even the Pope starts offering advice about how to mitigate climate change, you know that something is up. Pope Francis says that in order to heal the earth, we need scientific clarity, ethical guidance, spiritual engagement, and direct action. Are you ready to be engaged? No, the Pope isn't coming to town, but the McHenry County College Great Lakes Bioneer Speaker Series is. A couple of Loyola University Chicago professors will speak on The Path of Hope, Integral Ecology for Home and Hemisphere, on February 13th. Join Dr. Michael J. Shuck from the Department of Theology and Dr. Nancy Tuckman from the Institute of Sustainability as they explore the next steps in slowing the runaway train called climate change. All events are free and at 7 p.m. in the Looped Conference Center, 8900 U.S. Highway 14 in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Call 815-479-7765 or mchenry.edu slash green. It's a new year, and Chicagoans are still looking for new and better ways to get healthier. This is Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakenings, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach our area's growing wellness and sustainability market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 engaged monthly readers. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago's Smart Talk. What is this place? You're in uncharted territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know what it is. Tell us your name, please. 1590. WCGO Chicago. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. See, now earlier we played Archie Bell and the Drells. That was the Titan Up from the 60s. I think 60s. Uh, this is the Titan Up from the uh, the 21st century, the Black Keys. So that's the way it works here. We just play all this. We're just going to play all the songs that are called Titan Up. I think that's all two of them. I think that's it. That's all we get. Still in the studio with us is Jen Weiju, who's lab manager for the brand new, meaning less than a year old. Yeah. Uh, Loyola. That gets a ding, though. Yeah. Loyola <laughs> Environmental <you>. Testing <laughs> Laboratory. And we're, we appreciate you coming into the studio. Uh, and again, okay. I'm a master gardener. Here's what we tell people all the time. Go out and get yourself a soil test. If you're a gardener, please get a soil test. I wish I – we need to do um, a survey. I wonder how many 
Even, you know, even master gardeners, I wonder how many master gardeners get soil tests, and I think it's very few. Yeah, in the last year, uh, we only received maybe uh, about 10, 20 local residents. They send in uh, their sample to us. Wow. So uh, one of the reasons probably is because our lab is brand new, so not yeah. a lot of people are knowing us at this moment, and uh, uh, we have a community is having... I mean, we have our urban uh, um, urban ag program at uh, IES, uh, Institute of Environmental Sustainability. So uh, right. we have our uh, subscriber. That we just send out our invitation, you know, if people want to do a soil testing. They... Well, I found out about yeah. it. I think it was in November. Uh, Advocates for Urban Agriculture uh, yeah. had a notice on it. And, and I saw that and I said, oh, I got to save this. I got to have them on the show. And and talk about the soil testing lab because that's such a good thing. Really, if you are uh, uh, a serious gardener, you really should do this. You should find out. Now, you were um, talking about the kinds of tests you can do. Would you explain something about testing nitrogen? Because uh, a standard soil test doesn't really test nitrogen, but you can give some. You give some sort of nitrogen test. Yeah, we do. We do a soil uh, nitrogen test. So nitrogen, they uh they tend to change uh, all the time. You know, nitrogen if they are in the two form, either uh, one of it is uh, ammonia, the other is nitrate. So nitrate is uh, very mobile. So if you apply too too early, and then the plant didn't have the chance to really absorb the nutrients, they will leach out uh, with the rainfall and the slow melting. So it doesn't. You cannot apply too early. Yeah, so. okay. I want I, that again. That bears repeating, which is to say. Hey, you, you, you lawn freaks out there who think that you got to put down fertilizer mm-hmm. in March because your lawn needs to green up. Stop doing that. Stop just that. Stop it. Really, just stop it. Because here's two things. First of all, grass greens up in the spring by itself. It doesn't need nitrogen. Am I right about yeah. that, Genway? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number two, as Genway just said. The plant is not active enough to absorb the nitrogen, so it's going into the water table. It's 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 percolating down through, and now we get we get the nitrogen goes into the water table. It ends up going down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico, where we have algae blooms and then dead zones. Yes, um, and if it, we have too much phosphorus, it ends up like in Lake Erie, right. where we have algae blooms in Lake Erie. And from what I understand, we've talked about it on the show. Peggy and I have been covering this issue uh, for the last six months or so. Um, nitrogen tends to cause algae blooms in salt water, and phosphorus does it in fresh water. Does that make sense? Uh not I really, think huh? I think a nitrogen problem for fresh water is uh, is the contaminate you know it contaminate the groundwater so uh, there's some people are concerned about nitrogen you know they 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 migrate down to the groundwater level and then when the people uh, drink you know the, the well water you know if they didn't got trade enough and then they have the uh, blue baby syndrome you know they because it's really toxic to a newborn mm-hmm. but for the, for our growing up uh, it's probably uh, less toxic. But that's the only big uh, concern for nitrogen. Uh, for phosphorus, phosphorus is, is just like you said, it's a cause uh, uh, eutrophication, just the algae bloom uh, in, yeah. uh, in the yeah. t So, but I'm going to say it again. Don't over, first of all, don't fertilize real early because that, that, all that. Uh, you're wasting fer- your money. Yes, you're, you're wasting your money and you're hurting the planet. 
You know, I don't care if you waste your money, really. Go ahead. Waste your money. But don't hurt the planet while you're doing that, all right? Don't go. But you're, you're causing environmental uh, problem, too. So it's uh, environmental pollution you, yeah. are, yes. you are doing. <laughs> exactly. You're causing environmental pollution. So my feeling is if you need to fertilize a lawn, do it once a year and do it in uh, September, you know. Do just a fall uh, yeah. fertilization because, you know, these whole four times a year things, it's, it's overkill. Right, and also you can do a soil test uh, just before you apply fertilizer. So mm-hmm. we can tell you, give you a recommendation how much you can apply uh, yeah. on yeah. your lawn. Yeah, what to use. And that's, right. And that's the other yeah. thing is if you take your, yeah, the, the soil and you get a test at Loyola University, Genway uh, will tell you. Uh, do it the smart way. How, how much nitrogen you actually need in your soil, yeah. whether you need any at all. And here's the other thing I found out the last time I did a soil test in my backyard my phosphorus was through the roof. Mm-hmm. It was just r- ridiculously high. Do, yeah. uh, 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 do you see that a lot? Yeah, phosphorus is not uh, uh, like a uh, s- scare. I mean, uh, nutrients depletion, you, know, you got to apply the phosphorus over a year. They don't migrate well as uh, nitrogen. So if you apply once, if the, new, uh, the plant didn't take that up, uh, they will stay in the soil for a very long time. Right. So mm-hmm. Right. That's what we found out is that... Uh, uh, phosphorus persists in the soil much longer than we thought. Yes, Peggy? So going back to the soil testing, yep. since we only have a couple minutes, we yeah. had a couple questions on Facebook. People were asking how much your lab charges, what you should expect to pay, and how long does the test take? Yeah, now, uh, we received the soil, and uh, we gave a two-week uh, uh, turnaround, turnaround yeah. to get mm-hmm. the sample done. And then uh, if you want to know uh, about the pricing, you can go to uh, dot E-D-U slash L-E-T-L. But from what I saw, if you yeah. get a basic test, it's going to be under $50. Yeah, yeah right? like uh, basically it's like a $30. Yeah. Like $30. There's $20, just, 30 and yeah. top of the line $50 test. Yeah, that right give you a more uh, comprehensive analysis. Yeah. Well, and you can also do a la carte. So mm-hmm. if you want different things tested, for instance, if you want the heavy metals test. Right, just pick a one. Of the, uh, that's each. like an extra 20 bucks yeah. or something, and, right? right? And do they come in with the sample? Do they mail it in? Uh, either yeah. way, you can uh, walk in to drop off the sample or you can uh, mail in uh, to our lab. You know, we receive sample. Basically, just a box. You know, you you bring the sample, uh, take the sample from the garden and put it in a Ziploc bag and the mail uh, with the USPS. You know, they have the smaller uh, mm-hmm. pack. Do you have those instructions online? Yeah, on how to take a soil sample. We do. We do. We have uh, the instructions. I will uh, give you guys. It's not. The... It's not hard. Yeah. Right. There's I mean, F- there's I... a frequently asked questions up here. Yeah. So if you go to the, uh, the the site of the lab, and again, I've got the link on my website, mikenovak.net, but let me scroll here to make sure I've got that link to the lab here. Normally, uh, we give instruction if you people if people contact me first, uh, if you can send the email to uh, uh, letl at luc.edu, and then we'll give you uh, instruction that way, too. L-E-T-L at at luc.edu. At luc.edu. So L-E-T-L at luc.edu. All right. I'm telling you all, folks, be smart this year. Get yourself a soil test. You'll know know what's going on. And congratulations to you, Genway, and to uh, 
to Nancy Tuckman and all the folks uh, there at uh, the Sustainability Department at Loyola. We're, we're really glad. You guys are doing some really great stuff there. Thank you very much, uh, Mac. Yeah, it's uh, to be here. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're not. Uh, I hope you live nearby. You don't. Yeah, to... I live in Evanston. So. <laughs> oh, see, right there you go. It's just it's practically walking distance yeah. today. Okay, uh, that's Genwei Zhu, Ph.D. I should have mentioned that. The man uh, knows his stuff. Uh, and it's the Loyola Environmental Testing Laboratory, or L-E-T-L, at Loyola. All right, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. In the second hour, uh, we talk more plants. The Chicago Flower and Garden Show, Tony Abruscato, will be here. We got no-name news coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Captain's Log, Stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf. Status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Warp. Killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work, and so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. Aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm, it appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patach Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-475-1590. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? What about, what about pansies? What about all that edible, all those edible flowers? Nasturtiums. Yeah. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, second big hour. And uh, in just a little bit, we're going to have our buddy Tony Abruscato from the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. And yes, believe it or not, it's, it's, it's well, it's almost the end of January. Let's look at it that way. It's almost the end of January. And the Flower Show comes up in March. Good Food Festival, actually Good Food Expo, they've renamed it. It's now the Good Food Expo, comes up in March. The One Earth Film Festival comes up in March. What else What else am I missing? Going Green Matters comes up in Going March. Going Green Matters. Body, Mind, Spirit Expo comes up in March. Uh, um, and there's about five more things. <laughs> I know. You folks uh, planted stuff in March. Uh, you better better start doing it now. Get your calendars out and start marking out uh, days. And uh, when we talk to Tony in just a few minutes, um, he's going to tell us about some Big changes at the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. Uh, we know you're going to be there. Good changes. They are. They're really good changes. So um, uh, that's coming up. And and a few things on the show in the next few weeks. Uh, we're very excited about next week. Huh, we uh, we're going to put Skype to the test. <laughs> uh, just so you know, this Randall and Tony. Uh, I'm sorry, Johnny. Um, uh, we are uh, going to try to get a connection to Kuala Lumpur next week. Uh, that ought to be uh, interesting. The lag time alone should be really fascinating to deal with. Adam Minter will be on the show, who's kind of a world-famous expert on recycling. 
Uh, I want to talk to him about the the new rules in China that are keeping our recyclables from getting there. Uh, It's going to cause trouble in the United States. Uh, You know, I I was going to say chaos, but that's in Washington, D.C. So uh, in terms of recycling, uh, they're not taking just anybody's stuff anymore. And that means that countries in the world like the U.S., like uh, Great Britain, other places have to figure out what to do with their own recyclables. Uh, And we have enough problems in Chicago getting that stuff recycled. So uh, we'll talk to Adam Minter. He uh, he, uh, wrote a book a few years ago called Junkyard Planet. Um, And um, he has a blog called Shanghai Scrap and he, he and he operates out of out of Asia, but uh, knows a lot of stuff about worldwide recycling. Um, And on the same show, Steve Newman will be here from Logic Lawn Care and Jeff Swano from Dig Right In Landscaping. Um, Now, Jeff, we went to a meeting this week. He's doing a really cool thing with uh, the golf course, uh, Canal Shores. I'm sorry, Steve uh, is doing something. Steve Newman uh, with Canal Shores Golf Course here in Evanston. They're trying to make it as environmentally friendly as possible and open it up to to, uh, nature and to uh, activities there. Um, There's this grand plan that they're working on, and it's kind of fun and kind of cool. And, yeah, it it includes golf, too. So how do we get nature and golf to work together? That's a really interesting conundrum. And make sure nobody gets hit in the head while they're riding their bike. While they're riding their bicycle. (laughs) So uh, Steve Newman and then he and Jeff Swano are trying to talk a lot of different park districts in the state into using environmentally friendly methods on their Lawns especially, especially lawns, but I guess uh, garden beds as well. So we'll talk to them. And then in a couple of weeks, we got the Seed Keeper gals. They're going to be here. Kylie Baumley is going to talk monarchs. Um, we hope to have uh, Lisa Hil- Hilgenberg from the Chicago Botanic Garden. We haven't set it up yet. She doesn't know that yet, but we got to call her. <laughs> uh, and we'll do that. And one more thing that you mentioned to me here, at the Historic Pullman Garden Club, I'm trying to find where's the It's next Sunday. Next Sunday. There we go. It's on the back side here. Sunday, uh January 28th, 3 p.m. at the Historic Pullman Center, 614 East 113th Street in Chicago. Uh Robert Neville, our buddy who was on the show just a couple of weeks ago, um is uh, going to be uh speaking there. He's on the board of Advocates for Urban Agriculture and immediate past president of KAM Isaiah Israel Congregation in Chicago, and just knows a lot about food justice. And he's going to be speaking to the folks uh, at uh, the uh, Pullman, uh, is it the Pullman Garden Club? Pullman yes. Garden Club, Yeah, yes. the historic Pullman Garden Club. And they're great people. They've, they've had me out there to speak, and it's a good chance for you to go down there and see what's happening at Pullman. Uh, and uh, we thought we would mention that because they, they sent us some information. Um, is that it? We got anything else here? Oh, that's that keeps us pretty busy. I, I, I threw that to you. I just, I, I just. <laughs> well, speaking of food justice, I just lobbed it over to you. Speaking just see of what food you justice, do. we were at the um, oh my goodness, second yes. meeting of the Chicago Food Justice Coalition. It's an organizing meeting of bring. There was more than fifty people in the room and like fifteen people on the phone. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah, all that energy uh, about food justice and uh, policy and legal justice. And we don't know where it's going. I don't think they know where it's going yet either. Uh, but that is. Uh, Something to keep an eye on, and we will keep an eye on. 
Uh, and one more thing, I, we'd be remiss because it's all over our Facebook pages. Uh, Peggy and I were marching yesterday uh, for justice, all kinds of different justice in uh, America. And we were so proud to be part of 300,000 people in Chicago marching. You know, there's been a little bit of dissing. Uh, I'm watching the, the national media. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago is still flyover territory as far as they're conter- concerned. And it, it's sort of, but you it, know, because it was like, well, New York only had 120,000. Um, hello? Hi, I'm in Chicago. Hello. We had more we than had, twice that. We had 300,000. Hello. Why don't you cover our city? It was it was it was annoying basically. But uh what you going to do? Uh, I can't control that. But we were proud to march. All right, Tony Abruscato from the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. Coming up next, it's the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Ego Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne Keratin Smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Celebrate local, sustainable, humane, and fair food at the 2018 Good Food Expo. Connect with local farmers and producers, learn from renowned local chefs, shop the Good Food Marketplace, and eat delicious food in the Good Food Court. Entry is free with online registration. Don't miss the Good Food Masterclass on Fermented Foods with author Michael Harlan Turkel. Good Food happens Saturday, March 24 at the UIC Forum in Chicago. The Mike Novak Show will be covering it live on Facebook. Visit goodfoodexpo.org. Yeah, how's the demo going, Jim? It's going good, boss. You know, there's a lot of great material here. Where are we going to bring it? To the landfill. Where else? Seems like a bit of a waste. Maybe we should call up the Evanston Rebuilding Warehouse. The what? The Evanston Rebuilding Warehouse. You know, the place where you can donate reclaimed and reusable items for a tax deduction. Oh. And then people can buy those materials for their renovation or creative reuse projects. Well, what are we waiting for? Call them up. Sure, you can get all the info at Evanston. Whoa, Re- whoa, whoa. You do it. I'm the boss. The Evanston Rebuilding Warehouse. Online at evanstonrebuildingwarehouse.org. That sound you hear is my time machine letting me know it's time to return to our own world. This is your talk, WCGO. Hang on. For Tony Abruscato, the uh, he is the uh, the man himself, the man with the plan at the Chicago Flower and Garden Show, and we've got him on the uh, Skype machine. Tony, uh, good morning. Glad you're with us. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. And and now I don't think I've ever had Buttercup intro music before, so I like that. That was especially for you. 
Uh, so we're, we're, we're happy to have you here. And, of course, that's, that's what you got to play when you, when you start preparing for the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. Um, and there are some changes uh, this year, some changes afoot in the Garden Show. Why don't we, why don't we you know, cut to the chase here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we talk about that, that a lot of the stuff is the same, meaning you've got great gardens and, and a great market and wonderful seminars and chefs showing people how to cook fabulous meals big parties and big parties right and potting parties but the thing that's different is the time and the length right tony so what's going on what's going on here so we've done two things one is we've lengthened the run of the show uh hours wise so we're open from 10 in the morning until eight o'clock at night versus six o'clock in the past so we'll be open 10 to 8 every day and then the biggest thing is the reformatting to a five-day format Uh, which is picking up with most of the formats of flower shows around the world. So we'll be open Wednesday through Sunday, Wednesday, March 14th through Sunday, March 18th versus the nine days that were there. And and we think we're going to have a lot of positive things come out of that besides – um, besides additional, we're actually adding education, all the things you mentioned, we're adding chef demos, we're adding more education, more container gardening classes, but it'll also allow our gardens to be stay fresher and be fresher when mm-hmm. people visit us. And I, for one, uh, and I don't know, I'm sure that you get different responses for it, but I'm betting that by and large, the response to uh, putting it over five days instead of nine is really, really positive. It really has been. Um, it's It's been uh, amazing to see, you know, not only the response from the, the builders and the exhibitors, but but actually the people who attend. And so now, you know, there's a little bit more of a sense of urgency. They're excited about the fact that, you know, things will, will be able to stay a little bit fresher, mm-hmm. though I think our garden builders have done a really great job in years past of changing out flowers and different things. But it, as you know, Mike and Peggy both, that, that you know, you're under gas vapor lights for nine days with no natural sunlight. Speak for yourself. Um, yeah, those, those those poor things. But one of the things that's cool is like with our, our tulip garden, in the past, we've had maybe 2,000 tulips. And then midweek, we would take out all of the, the old tulips and put brand new tulips in to freshen it all up. But this year, because we don't have to do that because of the time frame, is that our grower actually built out uh, uh, 3,500, he's growing out 3,500 tulips. So, so now mm-hmm. we'll have a single display with 3,500 tulips. Wow. So we're you're adding more to the show, even though it's a shorter time frame. Yeah. And, yes. and as you mentioned, that's what most of the garden shows in the world do. Um, yes. y- yours was sort of a holdover from uh, olden times, days of yours, <laughs> days of yours in, in Chicago. Uh, but no, I, I think it's a great thing. So, folks need to know that the show starts on Wednesday, March fourteenth. It goes through Sunday, March eighteenth, um, and uh, you just need to to plan it. So, in the past, some people would say, "Well, I missed the first Saturday. I missed the uh, first Sunday. I'll come to the second Saturday. The second Sunday. There's only one of each this year. It goes right. Wednesday through Sunday." Um, and, uh, of course, Peggy and I will be there again this year, uh, twice, at least twice. I got a feeling three times. Yeah. I got a feeling I'm going to be there uh, a lot more, uh, than, uh, than that. Uh, and that is when we do our show, uh, we're going to be doing our show, um, 
on Sunday, the the uh, the only Sunday. I was going to say the final. See, old habits. The final uh, die and hard. only Sunday. The final and only Sunday, um, from uh, nine to eleven. Uh, and 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 I know Tony is already scouting out a, a place for us. Last year we were in the tulips. You were mentioning tulips. That's right. We were among the tulips there, um, and had some wonderful, wonderful guests. It was uh, it was really fun. Um, and this year uh, we'll be back on Sunday, but we also do a talk on Friday. Uh, at 11:30, uh, what's important and how to find it. That's the name of our talk. Uh, and basically, if you're a gardener and you're trying to track stuff down, uh, come to us. We will tell you. In fact, we're doing something really dangerous, Tony. In real time, we're going to take suggestions from the audience and we're going to use our sleuthing skills right there on stage. And they're going to bring a question and say, okay, I need to find out about this. Go. And we're, we're going to, uh, go through what we do to try to find something. If you're, you know, if you're moving quickly and you need to find something very fast. Uh, what, are, what are the best ways to do Yeah, it? what are the best ways to do it? So that's that's our garden talk on that Friday. And I want to ask Tony also on the 13th, that's that's the fundraising gala. Yes. Um, what What's that benefiting? What's going on this year at the event? So, you know, one of the things for the overall show this year, we're benefiting, we have a, a beneficiary called Bernie's Book mm-hmm. Bank. And Bernie's Book Bank is located in Lake Bluff, Illinois, and they are focused on book ownership for at-risk children throughout the Illinois, throughout the state of Illinois and Chicagoland area. And this year, they'll distribute up to four million books out to these kids. Wow! Yeah, and so we love that story so much that we brought them um, as a partner onto the show, created a theme called Flower Tales. Every garden has a story to tell. And so they'll also be our beneficiary for Evening in Bloom, which is the sneak preview of the Flower and Garden Show the night before we open to the public. We have 15 to 20 culinary stations uh, with some of the best restaurants in the city of Chicago serving food. We also have specialty cocktails, live music, and we'll also have a a floral fashion show, uh, Hort Couture. And so we'll be uh, flowers, food, and fashion this year. Nice. That's always a big deal and uh, a, a lot of fun uh, if, if you can come, and, it, and it's always benefiting uh, a really good cause. So uh, how did you come up uh, uh, – uh, uh, well, obviously, you, you, you mentioned it, part of it just now, but the whole flower tales, every garden tells a story. Um, uh, what do you hope to, uh, to show in the wide range of uh, exhibit gardens that you have at the Chicago Flower and Garden Show? Well, you know what? It, it's really fun to see what the designers are coming up with. And and they've taken two different paths. One is a literary path. So we have uh, uh, Aquascape is doing Neverland and Peter Pan and Subaru is doing a Wizard of Oz garden. And uh, we have someone doing Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the tablescapes is doing uh, Deb, uh, Deb Lilly is doing um, uh, Alice in Wonderland. And I think Ashland Events is doing um, secret garden. So they've picked up on that literary theme. And then the other side of that coin, what they've done is they're telling the story of something. So NPL construction, along with the, uh, utility companies and Christie Weber landscape are telling the story of Chicago's diverse neighborhoods. Um, and we'll have Eversight, which is a nonprofit organization that helps people regain their sight through organ tissue donorship. And uh, they'll be telling the story of sight in their program and how they help people regain their their sight. So it'll be a literary 
garden or it will tell a story of something. So uh, that's what we've been seeing them come through with. And, and it's really working out very cool. Um, we're trying to figure out, I think we might have to do chapter two next year or, <laughs> or something. <laughs> Well, sequel. That's well. See well, that, and that part of it is 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 kind of uh, bring on to noise, bring on to funk uh, at the garden. Uh, but one of the things th- that I really like about what you've done over the last few years is is how you've gotten people involved for good causes, uh, but also gotten uh, folks to be able to do hands on stuff at uh, right. at the flower show, like the potting parties. Explain what that is very briefly. So. So the, the potting parties are container gardening workshops, and we have um, industry professionals coming in and teaching those classes, and it teach, teaches people how to make and contain and care for their own container. It also becomes the first container of the season, of the spring season, since we're, we're in March. And so we usually have five, five to nine plants, depending on what it is, um, different soils, organic fertilizers, um, the containers, and uh, you know, we kind of go on the the philosophy of fi- um, filler, spiller, and thriller, uh, and so we we go on that logic. And then last year we worked with Bonnie Plants to actually bring in uh, veggies and herbs and showing people how they could mix their their floral containers, if you will, along with an edible container. And so we'll be doing that again this year as well. All right, I'm going to stop just for a second because there are those people out there who do not know what filler, spiller, and thriller mean at all. Uh, and it's, it's sort of a, it's a technique in doing container plantings uh, where the filler is, is the thing in the, the, the plants you put in there that, that fill the space so that you, you, it looks lush, okay? The spiller usually is some kind of trailing plant that you put over the sides, uh, and then the thriller, you got to have a focal point, and you do something really fun in there. And there's there's a real art to this. I I don't claim to be uh, an expert at this myself. You know, each year I'm sort of faking it as I go along. But you <laughs> your people know what they're doing, and you get uh, some of the best experts in the Chicago area. We do, and you know, even. Um... I think he may be teaching some classes this year. We're not sure, but in the past we've had two bloom who's actually in New York right now. He'll do all of the containers on the runway, the red carpet at the Grammy awards. And then he comes back and he teaches classes at the flower and garden show. So yeah, they, they definitely do. And we had Keith with us last year that, that did just some amazing containers. And so it's a really great opportunity to learn how to do it. And you can, and then apply that, you know, the thing that, that I've learned, um, from the time that I got involved in the flower and garden show and, and didn't know much about gardening, but more was event production and, and promotion. But I've really learned that you just, that you, if you can learn those, just like anything, I guess, you take those core principles and then you can apply them to different things. And so that's what we try to do at the show is teach people core uh, gardening techniques and, and tricks of the trade that they can then use for other types of containers, and if it's not a round one, it's a long one, things like that. So it's it's a very broad stroke, but informational opportunity to find out what you're doing right or maybe what you're doing wrong. That is uh, Tony Abruscato, Mr. Chicago Flower and <laughs> Garden Show. And uh, if you want more information about the, you just go to chicagoflower.com. Uh, would I be putting you on the spot if I ask you who some of the chefs are that you've snared this year? Yes. Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Next. We, moving along. I, so, I, so I, didn't, I do know a couple. We'll have uh, uh, Chef Dino Lubat from uh, uh, from uh, Donato Ristorante. We'll have uh, chefs from Harry Carey's Kitchen. We'll have, um, I Bobby believe, we're... Harry, we're, we're uh... Oh, sorry. Yeah, holy cow. <laughs> holy cow. And uh, we'll also have the uh, chefs from uh, Gina Giorgetti, and we're expecting to have Chef Joe Farina from Armand's Victory Tap as well. But we've, we'll have, I think all this year, we'll have about 20, 24 chefs. And then, of course, on Sunday is the regional cake decorating competition for the Chicago Area <laughs> Retail Bakers Association. And they always tie their competition into our theme. So um, I can't wait to see what they do. And then the winner of that competition goes off to the National Creative Cakes Competition. So it's, <laughs> it's a very big deal in the baking industry. So it's, and we're you got to do the bake off. It's the bake off at uh, or whatever right. <laughs> something. And of course, uh, as always, you've got a ton. You said you've got actually more seminars in fewer days. How does that work, Tony? Well, what we ended up doing is we actually added a second seminar room mm -hmm. so in the past we've had one seminar room and then the uh, gardening live stage that was in the how-to garden and so this year we'll have two separate seminar rooms and the gardening live stage and we've also added additional classes in each one of those those arenas so that way we'll we'll add them in because I, we thought it was important that we we didn't want to lose the education you know when i when i bought this show and focused in, you know, I shared with you from the very beginning, our goal was to inspire people with what they see and educate them about what or how they can do things in their own space and then motivate them to do something and make a difference in that space. And so education stays very important. And we're actually, you know, our show is leading the way. I've been to the Chelsea Flower Show in London and I've been to other shows in the United States. And we really do lead the way in a, in a lot of education and even for the next generation with our kids activity garden and teaching those kids how to do container gardening and about good bugs and bad bugs and, and a variety of other things. <laughs> yeah, let's let's briefly get into that because you do have a lot of kids activities, don't you? Yeah, we have between nine and 11 free activities a day and we continue to reach out uh, to some of our, our different groups and even some of the nonprofit organizations. Uh, we've worked with the Make-A-Wish Foundation mm -hmm. and the uh, Cook County Farm Bureau and the Illinois Master Gardeners with a variety of things so that the kids could have different things to do so that um, it's, it's educational, but it's also enjoyable. So the Master Gardeners extensions have brought in their, their bug zoo and collection. I think last year they were eating grasshopper brownies or something in the, <laughs> in the, in that garden. Um, and then uh, we bring in the um, British International School of Chicago. Last year they did a whole STEAM program where they brought an opportunity for kids to design and create their own biodegradable flower pot plant an herb or vegetable plant and learn everything about that and how to care for it. And then they had an art project and we had communal planting projects. And so it's, and then we had the big swing set so the kids can burn off some steam. So the it, adults. it's really a, a great day. Uh, it is. And, and again, we're going to, and one of the things we're doing is a public service for you, Tony, because <laughs> we know that your, your big run of media 
appearances won't start for a, another month or so. So we're giving we're getting you some chops here. We're we're getting that's you, right. You get the scoop. That's right. And I want you to to hone your elevator speech. Okay. So that's why we have you on the show today. So again, go to chicagoflower.com. We will remind you that again, the show this year is five days from March 14th through March 18th. Um, and we're going to have uh, some guests on uh, ahead of the show. We'll have some of the the wonderful people that you've got appearing there. Probably not you anymore. You're 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 old news. So uh, <laughs> they're tired to see me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony, so good to talk to you, buddy. And uh, we're looking forward to it uh, again this year. Thanks so much for having us there. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I always appreciate the support. All right, we'll thanks, see you. Tony. We'll be right back. Did you know that there are 17,000 chemicals used in the array of common household cleaners? But only 30% of these are tested for side effects on human health and the environment. In the Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. The average household has 3 to 25 gallons of toxic materials in the house, most of which are cleaning products. When buying cleaning products, avoid anything that bears a poison label. Duh! but especially products that contain diethylene glycol, formaldehyde-based deodorizers, triclosan, phenols, petroleum solvents, perchloroethylene, and other hard-to-pronounce stuff. Check out sites like EWG.org, who have done the homework for you already. Or make your own. It's an easy, non-toxic solution. I'm Green Diva Meg. Find more useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and, of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com. If you garden in or around Chicago and you don't have a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I'm a little worried about you. That's because you're missing out on not only the garden magazine for our region, but one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, as well as articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, and What to Do in the Garden. Of course, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue, but into each life a little rain must fall. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere, but go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. Hi, this is Ron Calgar from Mighty House. We're on every Saturday from 7 to 10 a.m. right here live on 1590 WCGO. No, I don't want to hear about it either. So, nope. uh, Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, in a few minutes, we've got uh, meteorologist Rick DeMaio talking about, uh, you know, same old, same old, which is, Warm weather, than cold weather, than warm weather, than cold weather, and that's the winter in Chicago, and no snow, and all of you people who like to snowmobile and ski, well, you're you're out of luck, <laughs> and that's the way that goes. And all you people who, who have snow plows, um, who are trying to do a little business in the winter, you're out of luck, too. Uh, you know, and, and this is what Rick talks about all the time, how climate change over the long run affects people. And uh, and it affects businesses, and and uh, and that's one of the ways uh, that sort of thing happens. So, um, although this week all the snowplows were out, real quick. Uh, yeah, but that was that yeah. was hardly yeah. worth noticing. 
Well, even the the ski businesses, Rick is a uh, cross-country skier, and he's not been able to even get out cross-country skiing. So anyone who's operating any ski resorts. I, I advise him to put on his wetsuit and get in the kayak. So that's I know he likes to do that. All right, I'm going to do something really dangerous. So, Johnny, uh, stand by. This is going to be really – well, it's a good thing you got Randall in there with you too. Uh-oh. Since uh, we're going to just be kind of freeform chatting here for a few minutes until we get to Rick DeMaio weather, I'm going to invite people to call in and wish me a happy birthday. How's that? Or talk about the show or whatever they want to do. However, the number, and you can find it on Facebook, our Facebook, or you can find it on the website, MikeNovak.net, in case you forget and you can't write it down, 877-711-5611. That number in Chicago, 877, actually, that number in Evanston, 877-711-5611. Five six one one because I know I'm I'm looking at you know I got twenty two messages that I need to get to on on Facebook and they're all the you know it's all the happy birthday stuff mm-hmm. and it's great and I love it I appreciate it and and what I'm going to tell you is go if you go to my Facebook page and and you're going to wish me a happy birthday go see what I posted about my friend who could use a little help. You could do something good here. You can do something good. I didn't do it traditionally like Facebook tells you how to do your uh, donate your birthday to Facebook. Um, we have a call pouring in. Too. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <that's> <laughs> it's like they don't expect it, so they never look at the phone. It's like, and I don't blame them. It's like, I don't expect phone calls to come in here either. 877-711-5611. And then uh, after the show, I have to get, uh, I think I'm, I'm, I want to go see a movie or something today. It's just nothing Nothing too fancy. Maybe I'll, you know, if I, if I could, I'd I'd love to garden, but you can't garden on January twenty first. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's bring Sue in. Sue, good morning. Good morning. Happy birthday to you. I would sing, but you don't really want me to do that. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I'll. Well, ta- Tony was going to sing. I'll take your word uh, for it, uh, but. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Oh, happy birthday! Thank you. Now, Th- listen. I have been I have been singing, and, and and kudos to you too, Peggy. I have been singing the praises of your show all over the place. Listen, listeners and viewers on Facebook, if you really want to know what's going on in sustainability, not only in Chicago in the Chicago area, but across the country, you've got to listen to the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. Wow! There you go. There's my endorsement for the day. Uh, thank you, Sue. Yeah. That 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 uh, that becomes uh, a promo, I think, at some point. So uh, absolutely, right. <laughs> go ahead and use it. Sue, have a wonderful day, both of you. All right, thanks, thanks Sue. Sue. Really appreciate it. Take care. Uh, uh-huh. All right, let's uh, go to line two and bring in Dennis from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Dennis, are you there? I'm here, Mike. Uh, this is your own voice wishing you a happy birthday. My own voice is wishing Uh-oh. me a happy birthday. Oh, no. I hate it when my own voice picks up the phone and calls me. Then I get so confused. Yeah. But it's attached to your brother, so that's the part. <laughs> well, thank you, Dennis. I appreciate that. What's the uh, what's the weather like in the UP? And let people – you're in Manistique. Um, in Manistique, Michigan? Yep. Um we hit the, oh, my God, we had a heat wave. We hit, like, the uh, 38 yesterday, that, <laughs> but that was a, a record. It's uh, It's been in the single digits and teens for most of January. And how much snow have you guys had up there? Uh, not as much as the uh, lower Michigan, actually. We've been spared this year, but uh, um, cumulatively, I'm going to guess about two feet, maybe three feet. Yeah, well, in Chicago, I don't, I'm going to ask uh, Rick DeMaio what that is uh, uh, here in Chicago, but our... 
we've not had much at all. If if we had if we've had twelve inches at all, I'd be surprised in Chicago. I think it was nine point six. Yeah, something something Rick. like that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. but but, but even... I've got my garden covered with mulch. I've got this. Uh, <laughs> I'm moving from version two point to three point I might even get a soil test now. Uh oh. There you go. I you can mail you it right to Why Loyola. Not? You know what? I'll tell you, Dennis. If you get a soil test, I would be very yeah. interested because I'd like to know what the pH is like up there in the Upper Peninsula. Over here in Chicago, uh, we got we have lots of clay and it's very high pH, which means it's alkaline. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of curious what kind of soil – is your soil sandy or is it loamy or is it clay? What Do you know? Loamy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I actually like – I get song. the purple cow that I sprinkle and I mix it with uh, everything. So uh, <laughs> um, I know that blueberries grow really well here. So does that mean it's acidic? Yes. Yes. Yep. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Okay. The purple blueberries cow are big. Um my zucchinis and cucumbers grow like crazy up here, so I don't know if that means anything as well. Uh, um, no, not really. Uh, yeah, you know, once again, it's just like I, I know that I, I, I'm experienced enough to know that, you know, tomatoes were fantastic last year and not so good this year. And, uh, you know, okay. So it, it just goes back and forth. And, and in the meantime, I've got my uh, happy leaf uh, set up growing here to to take care of my lettuce and herbs and all these things for the winter. See, so all you folks who want to get sponsorships on my show, you need to know that my brother will go out and buy the product immediately. <laughs> all right. I did. Okay. That's where I found out about it. Actually, uh, I, you've been pretty happy with that light, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a miracle. <laughs> I'm I'm calling the Happy Leaf people right after the show. Believe me, I'm going to let them know. Thank you, Dennis. Yeah, appreciate the uh, the uh, unsolicited, um, whatever they call that. This escaping my brain. Plug. Uh, yeah, plug. Whatever the word is. Uh, uh, my Happy Leaf's going at home too. So yeah, so's mine. So we got Happy Leaf's all over the place, and uh, so we'll be we'll t- be talking to them. Dennis, thank you so much. Let me know when you get a soil test, and I appreciate the uh, the birthday wishes and uh, enjoy uh, January twenty first in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I will. Many happy returns, bro. All right, take care. Uh, let's go to line three, and mystery caller, come in, please. Hello. <laughs> yeah, you're the mystery caller. Oh, it sounds like... Oh, hi. It's Dan. Dan Costa from Vern Goer's Greenhouse in Hinsdale. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> How are you? Happy birthday, Mike. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate it. What's going... You'll have a fantastic one. Uh, I, I will try to do that. You are... Uh, you're at home today. You're not working today, right? Right. Yeah, we're closed on Sundays. Uh, so... so uh, I, I am home enjoying the nice warm day. And and what do you uh, how what do you do for your bonsai on a warm day? I imagine you just leave them alone outside, don't you? Yeah, I gotta go out and uh, open up the cold frame because anytime it's over forty degrees, I want the cold frame to be open. So yeah, after your show, I'll go go out and do that and look at everybody and say hi and <laughs> and, and how's Mike's bonsai doing? Yeah, do. that's right. How's my water the indoor ones? How's my bonsai uh, doing? Uh, sleeping peacefully out there. <laughs> Okay, so as as regular listeners to the show know that uh, I won a, a bonsai plant at the uh, Prairie State Bonsai Society annual event at the Morton Arboretum, not in 2017, but in actually in 2016. And it came with its own caretaker. It came, and and at some point, I'm actually going to get my hands on that. But see, I'm now I'm afraid I'll just kill it, Dan, and then uh, so. Uh, no, you won't kill it. 
Just, just be sure when you pick it up, you bring your checkbook because you owe me a big storage fee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, I just want to tell you, I cannot afford you. Okay, Check the checks I, I, in the mail. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, 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 real, real. I work cheap. Uh, real quickly, uh, it's been a good. Uh, it was a good year and a good holiday season for you guys, wasn't it? Oh yeah, uh, it was a fantastic season for the uh, outdoor decorating section that I do. Uh-huh. We ran out of almost everything. It was uh, warm days right after Thanksgiving. We had the four warm days, and uh, people were buying stuff like crazy. One woman came in. She bought eight rolls of of cedar roping at $110 a piece. Oh, my goodness. Came back mm. the next day and bought four more. <laughs> I told the go. boss, we got to order more cedar. And he says, there's all kinds of it. And I said, no, look, the bench is empty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But that, she was happy. Stuff flew out the door. You, that's But that's the kind of season you like. And I like to hear that my friends in the independent garden centers are doing well. That's a that's a good thing. So mm-hmm. uh, let's keep that up. Yeah, we got deliveries to all the churches. We do like 30 churches every year, and nobody was mad at us or anything with that. <laughs> I did stay up to manage to watch Midnight Mass at Holy Name Cathedral to see all of our plants at the <laughs> cathedral. And and you wrote well, to me, you said you were hoping that they would mention that they came from Vern Gores. But yeah, they, they, they never do. They need the video <laughs> crawl going right. Which we're this, yeah. this homily brought to you by. Which we'll be doing on Facebook very soon with our advertisers. So tell tell the folks at Vern Gores that if... Uh, if they advertise on my show, my brother will drive in from Manistique, Michigan, and he'll buy some pl- <laughs> stuff over there, okay? Okay, I got some nice cyclamen for him. All right, great. Cyclamen, sounds good. <laughs> All right, uh, Dan, thank you so much. I appreciate the good wishes. Uh, yeah, again, happy birthday. Enjoy your day. All right, I hope I see you soon. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. Uh, the number again, 877-711-5611. Who is it we have on the... Joe. Joe. Uh, on line one, are you with us, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Sure can. Can you hear, can you hear me? me? Yes. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh. Hey, <laughs> okay. can you hear me now? It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a comedy There's bit. A okay, yeah. How are you? I'm doing fine. I just wanted to call and say happy birthday and um, wish you a good day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is this uh, is this the, the Joe that... Uh, Joe Glenn. Joe Glenn? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the electrician from 134. I've been Joe, very active. Joseph and I... Kind of reduced by... You're, you're breaking up something fierce over there. There's there's some kind of weird connection we got going here. Uh, but uh, I just want to say that Joseph and, and, and Peggy and I are working on a, a secret project right now, which I think is going to be very interesting. And um, I'll, be, I'll be in touch with you very soon about that, Joseph. Sounds good. Well, thank you for the birthday wishes. I really appreciate that. And you have a a great Sunday, all right? You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, there we go. That filled some time. It was 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for all the birthday wishes. I appreciate it. And then when I get off the air, i got to go slogging through Facebook. (laughs) Wake up over there. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, never mind. Uh, Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Rick DeMaio is next. 
The Chicago Flower and Garden Show returns to Navy Pier this March with a new five-day schedule. This year's theme is Flower Tales. Every garden has a story to tell. And there are fabulous display gardens, chef demonstrations, potting parties, cut flower arranging classes, and, of course, kids' activities. Peggy and I will be broadcasting live on March 18th. The Chicago Flower and Garden Show runs for five days only, Wednesday, March 14th through Sunday, March 18th. Get your tickets at chicagoflower.com. You can now enjoy local food all season long at Winter Farmers Markets, hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. It's jungle out there. Disorder and confusion everywhere. Are they talking about Washington? Seems to care. Well, I do. Hey, who's in charge here? Nobody. It's jungle out there. I think I saw a sign yesterday, something about that. We breathe. <laughs> you know what's in the water that you drink? Well, I do. And it's amazing. Chug a lug. I could be wrong now, but I don't think so. But I don't think so, because there's the jungle out there. There's the jungle out there. You know, that song, it was almost as if Randy Newman mm-hmm. wrote that for this radio show. I, 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 That's why I love that thing so much. Obviously, it was the theme from Monk. Let's go to the phone line and bring in meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Rick, good morning. Hey, I did my part. Hi, Peg. I said happy birthday, Mike, but I guess I didn't hear it. Now I have to say it again. Yeah, I'm afraid so. All right. Well, happy birthday. Are you enjoying your birthday? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did, did your birthday coincide last year with the inauguration of Donald Trump? Uh, no, the inauguration is the 20th, but it, it it coincided with last year's March. So on my birthday last year, I marched. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, everybody was everybody was marching for you. How ex- nice. Exactly. Isn't that nice? I don't know mm-hmm. how I arranged it, but it, it worked out great. Yeah, and the, and the weather worked out great. Two, two years in a row, we had sunny and uh, mid-40s to near 50-degree weather in downtown Chicago in January. Go figure, right? I know. It's uh, it's as if Mother Nature smiles on the Women's March. So yeah, and 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 yesterday was the anniversary of the coldest day ever in the history of Chicago, January twentieth, nineteen eighty five, when we dropped down to I believe it was minus twenty seven. I want to say, um, but yeah. that yeah, I don't. You guys remember that? How cold it was and how yeah. windy it was. I remember that because I had to pick somebody up at the airport that day. 
And I was – Oh, God. I, okay, you'll love this story. I was driving at the time. I was, uh, you know, a broke actor, basically. Uh, I'm, st- <laughs> I'm, I'm still broke, but I'm not an actor anymore. I was going to say, that never goes away. <laughs> you're, just, you're, just a, you're just an older, more broken actor, right? Exactly. That's, that's... So uh, I, I was driving a 1970 Chevy Suburban in 1985. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm. Eight-cylinder. And yeah. all the rings, and, and, the, and the heat, the heat stopped at the headrest, right? No, the heat, <laughs> the heat was fine. The problem was the rings were shot, so the oh the spark plugs will get completely fouled with oil. Ooh. And so, on this day, the twenty six or twenty seven below zero day, uh, the night mm-hmm. before, I was out there pulling out spark plugs and cleaning them, so that I could start oh. the car in the morning. So I cleaned out all the spark plug, open the hood, clean, pull out all the spark plugs, clean all the spark plugs, get all the oil and the crusted oil off of them, pop them back into the car. And, of course, it started like a, a champ. Uh, you know, it was it was good for two weeks. I could ride it for two weeks, and, and then it would just start just, you know. Yeah, sputter, sputter, sputter. And then I had to go clean the spark plugs again. So, uh, that yeah. yeah. I think and, I was driving my 75 Gremlin back in 1985. Yeah. And my brother, who's listening, who called in earlier, will uh, – I sold it to my brother for a dollar. <laughs> and oh, right. Sputter, yeah. sputter, for sputter. For tax purposes, right? He what? For tax purposes. Oh, uh, no. I just wanted to get rid of it. And <laughs> he was going to drive. Oh, no. But you, you have to show, like, a bill of sale is what I was saying. Yeah, we had to do some legal thing, and so I sold it to right, him for, right. for a dollar. And uh, he was driving it back to Detroit. And um, I was going to remind him, I was going to say, uh, you know, Dennis, it really uses up oil really fast. Uh, <laughs> and, I for- and I forgot. Oops. And, and, and so – uh, about Ann Arbor, he blew a rod and the thing was done. That was it. So, and, oh my god, and it's probably it's probably still on the side of the road someplace. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right. In Ann Arbor, just outside of Ann Arbor, it's still some there. Some weeds growing out. Yeah, of it exactly. Some some yeah. somebody kind of, kind of kind of melds in with the landscape in some parts of Michigan. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> That's but okay. You guys, you guys enjoying this like third warm up of the year? It's getting kind of weird now, right? Uh, you know what? I'm not enjoying it. Be- I mean, I like everybody likes the warm weather. I'm glad we marched in sunshine and warmth yesterday. That right. was that was wonderful. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, we were talking earlier on the show about soil and and right. what, what happens to the soil when things warm up and freeze and warm up and freeze, and it's not good for your yeah. plant. It's not good for the plants. Um, and uh, this seems to be the new norm. Now, are we? You know, yeah. when this happens over a series of years. We're talking about mm-hmm. some some kind of climate change, aren't we? Yeah, I, I think from an environmental and biological standpoint, things definitely go, okay, now what do you want me to do? Um, but let's talk about the short term first, which is um, the snow that we had. Uh, we got about, you know, four to five inches in some areas, depending on where you were. We got a little bit more, got a little bit less. It was a very dry snow, so mm-hmm. it didn't have a lot of moisture in it. Um, and you notice how quickly... Um, it evaporated and melted. It wasn't like the snows in the past where you still have this like inch or two of, of hardened snow and ice underneath, which never seems to go away. Yeah. Um, and then the ground now um, is mud in some places. Uh, but even though we've been pretty darn cold, those first two inches of soil um, are probably uh, accepting of any water or snow melt. And the reason why I say this is we're in for about an inch, maybe an inch and a half of rain, 
late tonight into Monday morning. Mm. In a typical year, you would probably get, you know, massive flooding, but I got a feeling there's going to be some pretty good soaking of the water. Um, so any plants that you did put in the ground in, like, late November, where we're still basically October, um, this may actually be somewhat beneficial for, you know, spring, which starts basically in, you know, two and a half to three months. So we'll see how that pans out. I'm not too sure how far down the permafrost goes. Because uh, remember, we were cold and we were dry. Um, and when that happens, you can get permafrost down to about six to eight inches. But I think the first two inches of soil are probably kind of permeable at this point. Mm -hmm. So whatever rain we get, I don't think we're going to get as the, the normal flooding as we would in a typical winter. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, and and that's actually not a bad. If it's going to rain, right. better that right. it rains on soil that's going to absorb the moisture and exactly. then run yeah. off. Yeah, and 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 I, the, the, I I sent you guys some maps, um, and the Midwest Regional Climate Center is now doing this great thing called the Winter Season Severity Index, um, mm -hmm. and we're somewhat in the middle because. If you think about it, even though we were really cold, we've only up to 9.5 inches of snow for the year, which is which is below normal by about, say, 6 or 7 inches. Um, I think we'll still make it up by the time we get to the middle of February and the, and the, and the beginning of March. It's just that we haven't had snow here. Um, other parts of the United States have had a lot of snow. Other parts, like Colorado, they're really hurting for some moisture out there. Denver is down nearly 2 feet. And a third of the resorts are actually closed. Um, the ski runs, they just don't have enough snow. And part of it is all the snow that they typically make, um, they used up that water supply in uh, November and um, December to get people out there and keep them happy during Thanksgiving yeah. and Christmas. But once the tourists go away, the locals go, yeah, we can live with what we have. But it's interesting how water supplies have actually inhibited the ability to make snow. So now you're getting it from both sides, both from Mother Nature and what humans have actually provided the ski resort. Wow. Yeah, I, I had read about that. So it's it's, uh, it's it's just an interesting winter once again. So what have we got coming up in Chicago in the next week? Okay, so a lot of fog today. Not as nice as yesterday, but still low to mid-40s. Rain arrives tonight. It'll continue through tomorrow. Uh, all the rain should be over with by about 9 to 10 o'clock. And then just a slow downturn in temperatures in the low to mid-30s. And then snow a couple of inches maybe on Tuesday. And after that, nothing for another week. So um, mild and no snow and no cold for a while. All right. Thanks a lot, Rick. I want to thank Mary Tiedemann and Jen Weiju and Tony Abruscato. Until next week, go green or go home. Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.